I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 578 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? Woo! How are you? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> good. Um, we just did an episode of the Wicked Funny podcast too with uh, Brian Bowden and Frank Gazzaro. It was a good time. Man, everyone was buttering your biscuits. You noticed that? I did. I did. It's. Uh, like, I, I feel like you've sent them, uh, sent everyone I know emails to be like, "Hey, Brad's going through it right now." Could you <laughs> no, I didn't just say anything. Just be nice but... to him. Could you no, butter no, his I... biscuit? Oh, actually, maybe maybe you misunderstood what I meant. I meant like when you stood up and walked away from the Zoom camera, uh-huh. you were just dripping butter. Oh, <laughs> <And> I, yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. And I wish, by the way, cover your biscuit next time we podcast. <laughs> I, you know what? I am who I am, okay? If you can't deal with me at my biscuits, you don't deserve me at my butter. <laughs> oh man so how you doing what's going on with you anything fun um nothing fun i uh, got some uh, some improv shows coming up but also uh have the big chuck and brad comedy show coming up on sunday july 31st at the comedy connection in beautiful east providence rhode island uh doors are at six show is at seven uh you can get tickets through chuck and we are joined on this jurassic park bradley drawn show uh by our good pet buddy ray harrington uh, our good friend Doug Key and our good acquaintance Tyler Hitner. Uh, the main yeah. event is uh, is I have taken the movie Jurassic Park, the original one. Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Newman, and I have hand drawn all the key scenes from the entire movie. I'm bad at art, which makes it funny for you yeah. and ter- yeah. terrible for me. And uh, Chuck has written a narration that uh, partially advances the plot, but mostly <laughs> makes fun of me and my drawings. So <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> I, uh, I, I read that narration live on stage as we show my drawings. And yes. uh, we've done it for, for other films and other projects. And uh, it seems to be a hit. So uh, yes. we're excited to do that, to share that with the, uh, the audience at the Comedy Connection. Sunday, July 31st. ChuckandBradPodcast.com for ticket info. Yes, right. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, the last show we did was the Christmas show um, around Christmas. And mm-hmm. man, it was funny because that day, I don't know if you recall, but you drove to New Jersey on Saturday. Yes. We, we did the show live at Smodcastle. Um, and then Sunday morning, we got up and we drove to Rhode Island. And like, I barely made it there on time. Yeah, I remember that. But I but I walked into the back door of the comedy connection like what like less than an hour before the show absolutely and the sh- the place was fucking packed yeah. remember that yeah I do it was so fun it was so it's exciting so good. it was yeah. such a great moment yeah so I hope a lot of people come out again Jurassic Park Bradley Drawn is going to be a lot of fun um so we get a bunch of listener emails uh, to get to that's great yeah we uh, we tried to get through a bunch last time we're going to get through some this time we have some that respond to last week. Uh, just got a bunch of uh, folks who wrote in, which we appreciate a lot. Uh, you can always get to us, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or through the email link on the chuckandbradpodcast.com page. That's right. All right, let's see what we got. Hi, BNC. You talked about dating recently as an answer to another email. Brad, thanks for sharing openly. You described me when you talked about yourself, and it helps me feel less strange. 
Chuck, you mentioned that after growing up in the friend zone, you made it a point to yourself to prove you are not that, and it sounds like dating life are going well. So what are you doing different? Advice on not failing again and again to friend zone by being polite and nice without being a capital D. <laughs> Sorry for all the letters instead of words. Hope you'll read this with my name because it's a bit embarrassing to ask you this advice. Thanks. <laughs> I explained him so thoroughly. <laughs> Gave out his address. <laughs> if I, I'm going to write down this timestamp. You got to cut out his info, okay? Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Jeepers creeps. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'll, let me put this, put this in. This is funny. Ready? Yep. Um, so <laughs> we read that we, we really don't screen our emails, um, because, because we've been doing this for so long and none of our emails have ever like been like bad, you know? So we just read our emails live and on the podcast and we react to them live. And the one we just read, I gave a big intro to the person. And then, uh, at the end he's like, please don't say who I am. So Brad's going to cut that out and we're May- going to move forward. Maybe we'll see if yeah, I remember. Maybe. Yes. Um, but I think the question was, you know, <clears throat> after growing up in the friend zone, you made it a point to, to, to yourself to prove you're not that. And it sounds like dating and it's going well. So what are you doing different? Um, advice on not falling again and again to friend zone by being polite without being a D. All right. So first thing, um, people hate, like, like there's a lot of people out there, especially I believe like it's like a feminist thing, right? That like the friend zone doesn't exist. The friend zone is a construct that means that uh, you're saying that women owe you a romantic relationship or something, right? Yes. So I don't really use the word friend zone. You know what I mean? Right. Um, not because I feel strongly in that direction, but more just because I know some people do. Yes. Right. Um, for me, I think the friend I feel zone, like there are other words in your vocabulary that, you know, maybe you should consider how other people feel before you use them. <laughs> hey, listen, Brad, you're a turd face. And you'll always be a turd ah! face. <laughs> I love the idea that that's what you meant. That's really <laughs> offensive to me as somebody with a face made of turds. <laughs> so, um... So I don't use friend zone. Um, and honestly, I, I really will say this in defense of the term. I think most people just use it as a shorthand and right. they're not giving it a big philosophical meaning. Right. I, I think most people are just saying like, hey, I know this, this, you know, I know this woman and I have feelings for her and she doesn't have feelings for me. And it's just a shorthand. But some people think of it as a more philosophical thing. Right. Um, so what I think about is the fact that when I was in... I just when I I think of, you know, you probably get interested in dating seriously, um, or or should I say not seriously, but strongly when you're like twelve, right? Would would you say that? Yeah, I'd say twelve to fourteen. Yeah. So for me, from twelve to like eighteen ish, it was always the same thing where I would just say, I meet this girl, she's really cute, uh, and for me, it was always about the connection of like emotionality and conversation and the ease of um, having a good time together, laughing together. It was never really, when I was, you know, that young, it was never really like super sexual. It was more like, I really like this this girl at the time. That's appropriate because they're, you know, young teenagers. Um, And uh, we get along so well. That's what would really bother me is is the people that I would laugh until three in the morning with, and then it would seem like we had such a strong uh, connection 
and then they would not be interested in me romantically at all. Right. And I think, I mean, first of all, one of the things I think I really made a, a, a specific effort to change, and I think that all young men should really think about this. If you're interested in a woman and she does not reciprocate those feelings, move on. I think it's so important for your own mental well-being and I think it's so important in terms of not putting someone else in a situation that's uncomfortable. Because <clears throat> if, if, if someone says, hey, I'm not interested in you in that way and you continue to kind of put that on them, they could feel uncomfortable with that um, and I think that's more unlikely than their feelings for you will change. Right? Yes, yes. So I think for both of you, and by the way, when I say move on, what I mean is consider this an opportunity that's not going to work out and put your romantic feelings elsewhere. Um, not don't talk to this person anymore. Just don't continue to hope. Don't hold on to that. Try to get away from that. Um, some people do the gesture thing where they'll continue to be like, oh, I'm just bringing her her favorite uh, sandwich. I'm just bringing her a dessert coffee or whatever it is at her work because I'm just her friend. But you really are obviously doing something you're not doing for your other platonic male friends. Um, it's, is that your way of asking people to bring you a sandwich and a dessert <laughs> coffee? <laughs> Only the women I've friend-zoned. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But all, but also like the 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 male friends in your life. Yeah, all the ones I friend zone there too. There's yeah. much less of those. There you go. Um, they're all invited to the party. But um, <laughs> the party no, zone. So, <laughs> party zone. Um, highway to the party zone. But um, do you call it the bone zone? Because I feel like you would say the bone zone. Oh, I would say the bone Welcome zone. Welcome to the bone zone. I have a bone zone sign. It's a it's a hand painted sign above my bedroom with yeah. two backwards ends. Oh, okay. I really yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think that you got to, the first thing to do is to move on. If, if that seems to be happening, I really also, I mean, I mean, if I had to like come up with different, like quick tips off the top of my head about this kind of stuff, one, if you're interested in a girl and it becomes apparent that she's not interested back, stop pursuing her and try to find someone that is reciprocating it Two, don't wait forever to express that. If you feel that way and you're talking to her and you feel strongly about that, get that out there as quickly as possible in a very polite way. I was talking to someone recently um, that I, I, I don't know if it was on the podcast. I don't know where this was, but I think it's really easy and no one gets upset with you saying, hey, would you like to go out to dinner sometime? That's such an easy thing to say. It's extremely polite. No one's going to be mad at you for saying that. It's not too forward in some way, but it lets your feel that your intentions be out there a little bit. And if someone says, you know, I'm not really interested in, like, in, in you like that, or they say like, oh yeah, I'll get dinner, but it's going to be as friends, or they say something that kind of indicates I have a husband, whatever it is, then your feelings are there, they're clear, and, and the person you're interested in has a chance to say, I'm not interested in you like that, or at least respond to it in some way that gives you an idea. What are you going to say? Um, now, you've been told that somebody has a husband a couple times. And uh, what's what's your follow-up question there? Because you My have follow -up a follow-up question, question. What time does that motherfucker get home from work, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for asking that question, Brad. You've no, it's... No, uh, I, I, no it's, I'm it's, kidding. I'm kidding. I, I know. I go back to... Uh, uh, was it Master of None? 
And, uh, you know, Aziz asked a girl out on the show, you know, his character asked a girl out on the show and, uh, she was in a relationship or whatever. And he said, oh, man, that's too bad. And that was it. That was That's it. All he, you have to he, say. he he didn't pr- promise to love her forever. He didn't, yes. uh, you know, bring her a dessert coffee. Um, he just accepted it, and I I feel like that's something that uh, it's weird because I I would say I accepted it, uh, and this is you know going back to like high school and college, Brad. Say I accepted it, but then also yeah. like, you know, hope. Yes, and and not the- not worry about pursuing anyone else, and and thinking I'm never going to find anyone like that. Uh, and that has not proven to be the case. Um, you know, I've met a lot of great women uh, yes, since, exactly. since, since high school, like four, I think. And uh, I, I feel like I, I definitely have missed opportunities because I was busy looking at the rearview mirror and not yes. looking ahead. Yeah, and I think that it's it's tough because one thing, it's really funny. I'll, I'll say this here, and I really don't want to become the spokesperson for this. But like, you know, like the incel thing and how people, guys get rageful and shitty and stuff like that. I've never been that guy. I don't really, I don't really understand that viewpoint. Like the guys that do like, I'm going to share your nudes or like, you're a, you're a bitch. I've never, I talked to somebody the other day. I'm like, I've never had a fight with a woman. And I said, you're a bitch ever in my life. I, uh, I get rageful, uh, but it's when I'm playing like Donkey Kong country and the level just seems too hard. Yeah. I was going to say the only, you know, Chicago Bears are basically your your like target of rage. I, yeah, and it's it's like we can't win a Super Bowl and you shared uh, Erlacher's nudes. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> Man, he he's uh he's he's uh he's not a great person. I love when I find out like that you uh I love when I find out like like you know a, a Chicago Bears football player's name and that's the only one I can remember for like years on yes, end. Yes, yes. Um, but I never understood the rageful thing at all. And it was never me to be like that. I would just like pout and be upset. Um, but one of the things that I do get is the feeling in your heart that this is right. My feelings for you are so strong that we have to make this work, which I think can turn into rage. I think can turn it for those like incel guys. Right. And so I have some sympathy for the people who feel like lost in that and, and get lost in those feelings. And I think that those are the most important things to get away from is that you kind of realize as you get older that love isn't about one person feeling a certain way. It's about two people feeling a certain way. So it's, I, I think, it's, yeah, I, it's really I agree tough. with you. Yeah, it's really, really tough um, because it is like a strong emotion. It's a chemical reaction to attraction and um maybe even like a harmony in terms of your personalities and communication. And it's hard not to feel like that's important when you really feel strongly about someone. But if they don't feel it back, you have to let go and move on and do whatever you need to do to do that. If you need to take some time not talking to that person or you need to kind of change your routine and or go out and meet more people and get your attention away from that, do whatever you need to do, but do not bother someone who doesn't have feelings for you with your feelings after she's made it clear. And the other thing too is when you get to the point where dating is more casual and more fun and more positive, it's funny because one of the things that changes is you meet someone, you have an inkling that you're attracted to them. If you're me, you say, hey, would you like to go out to dinner sometime? If you're Chuck, you say, I've got an inkling in my dinkling. (laughs) 
<laughs> I also have that above my door, <laughs> <laughs> right under Bone Zone. <laughs> And by the way, I got a little stinkling. <laughs> so dumb. The worst. These are the worst jokes we ever did. So, you say to someone like, "Hey, like I'm interested." Let's say that girl, that woman, opens your that message, person, yeah. or she talks to you, or she doesn't really respond to it, and you're like, "Oh, it seems like she's not interested." You move on. You date other people. It really to be. It's so funny. The the less you care about it, the more likely it is to possibly turn around in the future where timing lines up, where things line up, and maybe she would be interested at some point if you weren't consistently pursuing someone, her when she wasn't interested. Right. So I think the biggest thing, be upfront with your feelings really quickly. Be polite and say something like, do you want to go to dinner sometime? I'd love to take you out to a movie sometime. Make it clear that it's not platonic. Read her response. And if she's not interested, stop the pursuit. Don't try to do things above and beyond. Don't try to do gifts or some weird act of love that you know is above and beyond because you have feelings for this person. Stop that stuff as fast as possible. And the other thing is... Uh, but if, if if they're responding, go ahead and do that stuff. Like if, if, oh, if they are interested. I mean, yeah. I, will, I will say this. Never take anyone to dessert coffee? I say, for the most part, try to make sure that your efforts match. Don't yes. be the person that that gives 150% to someone who's giving you 50%. Yes. Because I think that's another way to become unattractive and like to seem like to become less desirable. I don't I don't think you should really I think you should match the efforts. If someone's if you're dating someone or you're talking to someone and they're taking 4 days to respond to your messages, don't don't make them a priority. Make the, make them as much of a priority as they make you. And I think that this is even a thing to me that goes further than just romantic relationships. I think it goes for platonic relationships, everything. I think the key to repelling people and also to making yourself feel bad is treating someone a lot better than they treat you. Um, that's a big part of it. And I also think it sucks because this is so hard. It's almost like the don't think about pink elephants thing. You know what I mean? Where you're like, if someone says that, you automatically think of pink elephants. Yes. You just got to not make it your big focus. You got to say, I'm going to ask this woman out. I think she's really cute. I think we get along really well. And you got to go do the fucking stuff you do without that. Live your life. Do your job. Go to school. Do your creative stuff. Whatever it is you do. And 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 kind of focus on that stuff and let things happen around I, you. I have I've spent nights like waiting for a phone call or a text instead of yeah. like going to do things. And yes. you know, it is it, it and I don't mean like in nineteen ninety nine I did that before I had a cell phone. I mean I did it in nineteen ninety nine, but <laughs> I also like did it, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago. And it's yeah. like I have a cell phone. There is no reason for me to say like, oh, I need to stay at home in case this person calls or texts, which yeah, by it, the way, she didn't. Yeah, it's it's very tough. It's very tough to do, um, but I really think that's a big part of it. And another part of it is, you know, it sucks because like, you know, Brad and I have like, f you know, we used to watch some of the fun trashy reality shows together, right? We used to watch Rock of Love yep. and Celebrity Rehab and all that stuff. 
And one of the shows we used to watch was Tool Academy. Wait, was it Tool Academy? No. Yes. What was it called? There, there was a Tool Academy that we watched. There was a Tool Academy. No, but about the, the about like picking up women and stuff like that. Oh, what the pickup artist. The pickup artist. Mystery. That's right. Yeah. Mystery. The pickup artist. And it sucks because they're like, doing this thing that where they they refer to it as game or whatever, which a lot of people use that term. It sucks because a lot of that stuff is real, um, and that show is about people who have learned to like manipulate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we, you know, there are like I remember stuff from that, like you know, someone putting their like touching you for a long time is an IOI. Remember that an indicator, indicator of interest, interest. Yeah, yeah. You guys I, bought I, me the book. <laughs> Brad owns the book on a picking. I up no artist. longer own the book. Right. I After donated read it, it. And, and memorized it, he got rid of it. But yes. um, it sucks because some of that stuff is real. Um, he also got me the book Sex Killers that year. So. <laughs> I knew you were going to be one. You were either going to be a pickup artist or a sex killer. Well, I got rid of the pickup artist book, so well, on to the next, baby. Yep. But um, it's funny because I've never been the type of guy that goes out and goes, "Oh, I want to go to a bar and meet a girl and take her home and have sex with her." I've never been that guy. Um, it's not really who I am. I'm way more like I want to. I like meeting people. And getting to know them and romantic relationships, sexual relationships, whatever. I want those things to happen with someone who I like and like to talk to and like to spend time with. Um, but all that stuff, the pickup artist stuff, it really does apply in terms of all that bullshit like IOIs and negging and all that stuff. And it's unfortunate because, you know, you see it happen with other people. You see, you know, a guy doing it, a woman doing it, whatever, and having uh, results from that. Um, so that stuff, it sucks. There is, it is something to keep in mind, those like little, you know, rules that they come up with. But for me, really, it's been keep everything casual. Don't get invested before it's time to get invested. Walk away if things don't seem, uh, if, 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 if the person you're pursuing isn't interested, um, don't make it your focus match the match the uh investment match the time investment match the energy investment and i think a lot of those very simple things will help you a lot if you if you're the guy that talks to a girl and says you know can we go out to dinner and she says yes we can and you say would you like to go out this tuesday and then five days pass and tuesday goes by and she goes oh sorry i was busy and you go and you answer immediately and go want to go out tomorrow or want to go out Saturday or whatever, and then five days pass, and she goes, "Oh, sorry, I was busy." And you answer immediately and go, "You want to go out this day?" You're never going to get anywhere if someone is not respecting your time or not respecting your efforts or your interest. Then drop them. Stop talking to them. I know, I know three people I could name off the top of my head that I've talked to and had good conversations with, and I asked them out to dinner, and they said yes or whatever, and then they were super evasive after that or like didn't answer me for days and i'm like fuck these people i'm not gonna talk to them anymore i was and the I third haven't. one yeah yeah and i think that that's a big part of it i think getting overly invested is the biggest problem for men who have problems dating is just getting invested in people who are not invested in them you know that's my that's my thought and i think that that goes a long way yep um, but, uh, yeah, there's other stuff that I, it's hard to say on a podcast without sounding like a piece of shit. So I'm going to move on. And the person who wrote this in, you know who you are, hit me up anytime and let's talk about this. Yeah. Stuff. You're, you're, you're not alone. You know, you're, you're not, I don't know. You're not unworthy of love, love. Like, you know, it's, you're, you're a good person. So for sure. don't, uh, 
don't look at a lack of dating success as a reflection on who you are at your core. Yes. I I can do that because I know yes. who I am and I know what I am at my core and it's f- a fundamental flaw. It's all <laughs> it's just it's like a chewed up hot dog at my core. It's it is you don't know what it is, but you know it's gross. Yes, and my hot dog is just chewed up. Yes. All right. Uh from from Nate uh, about Thor Love and Thunder, he writes in, Hey guys, knowing you reviewed Thor this week, I had to grab a ticket and see it first before listening. Um, He has some spoilery stuff. What should we do? Should we not talk about this or wait for yeah, the we, end? What we, do you think? We probably shouldn't spoil it uh, this week. All right, let's, let's, uh, we'll, let's, we'll let's save it. I'll, I'm going to mark that for the end. Let's remember to answer this at the end of the podcast. Okay. okay. Uh, from Daniel T. Marvel movies is the subject line. I think you were too hard on Thor and were overthinking it. Your mistake is thinking the MCU movies as films in the same way that Casablanca, Apocalypse Now, Goodfellas, Vertigo, and Fight Club are films. They are instead entertainment products designed to extract money from the average moviegoer who has become invested in that universe. The important elements of them, these movies are the charming actors, impressive special effects, and action pieces. The idea that they're building up on or up to something and enough humor to distract you from the parts that don't work or make sense. That's some... Um... That some genuinely good movies come out of the system is almost an accident more than anything else. And he puts in parentheses, Winter Soldier, Ragnarok, Infinity War. Since they've started, the Disney Plus shows have been far more interesting than the movies, and I think that trend will probably continue. Um, In my opinion, I think that, you know, people do go into these with the thoughts of like, ah, it's just popcorn, blah, 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 whatever. But I think what drew people to the Marvel movies and got them so invested was the fact that they're able to reach beyond that and actually tell these great stories. And there's a lot of examples. Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, um, I think Homecoming, uh, I think uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, you know, tons well, of Black, these movies. Black are great. Panther was great. Black Panther, Civil War. I I would almost argue that the vast majority of Marvel movies are actually really great popcorn movies. In the same way that I think that the Pixar movies kind of elevate the genre with stuff like Inside Out and Up and Toy Story Three. I think that the the problem for me is that these movies do have the potential to be that great. So if I walk away from Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, and say uh, I think it was like a C plus B minus and it has a ton of great stuff in it. And I really enjoyed it and it was very fun. Um, but I think these things could have improved. I think that's fair, but I understand. I know what you mean. It's, it's not, it is not the same as uh, apocalypse now. I think we um, can agree. All right. From Karen Lopes, Thor, love and thunder. Hey guys, listen to this week's in-depth review of Thor. Just wanted to give you a quick note. Chuck mentioned the Disney plus special showing what Thor was doing during civil war. The roommate was Daryl, and he was actually in Thor and Love and Thunder. He was the tour guide when Jane goes to get the hammer from the museum. Oh. Yeah. Thought you'd find that fact amusing. I also, do. Thank you for, also, thank you for the birthday shout out on Facebook. I'll drop the restraining order. Ha ha. Sincerely, Karen Quinn. Did you see what I posted? No. <laughs> you didn't? No. It was, it was like a joke about you. Oh, good. I, <laughs> I sent her a nice message that said, happy oh, okay. birthday. And then you so did Karen, something terrible. Okay. Karen is a listener and someone messaged us and said, Hey, Karen's birthday is coming up. She loves you guys. Uh, Would you please say something about her birthday? And so we had a podcast to post that day or no, we were announcing the show. So we announced, we announced our Jurassic park show and I posted, woo, July 31st, baby, our claws and teeth returned to the stage appropriate for Jurassic park. Agreed. Yes. 
Also, very happy birthday to Karen Quinn. You may be Brad's ex-wife, who really took him to town in the divorce, but you're still my favorite listener. And then in parentheses, I put, please lift the restraining order. He never shuts up about it with an eye roll emoji. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's great. Um, and I'm glad that, that that she enjoyed that. That's a great fact. Yeah. That guy's super funny. If you haven't seen those those shorts, I think it's it's Civil War Team Thor and Civil War Team Daryl. Um, they're super funny. Okay, so let's see. Um, all right, Alex from Sydney, Australia. Message, good day, Chickadee Chuck and Brigadee Brad. Hope you're doing well. I just listened to your thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. It was really entertaining and insightful as usual, but I believe you missed the main problem with the movie. Now, every time I Google Thor Love, all I get are movie-related websites. <laughs> Best wishes, Alex from Sydney. Now, that's, that's an email I can get behind. Yeah. All right. We actually, we do have some more um, emails to get to, but let's get into some topics, too, and maybe we'll pepper in some. How, sure. How's that, how do you yeah, feel about we'll, that? We'll... But we'll use like a Chuck amount of pepper and not a Brad amount of pepper. Because right, yes. <laughs> then we read three letters from an email uh, later. Ew. Yep. All right. Uh, first thing. So Brad's birthday was recently. It was yes. July 10th. That's correct. Um, you know, we're going to have a birthday celebration coming up soon uh, in person because I was in New York. But we got together on your birthday via phone and we watched Jackass 4.5 together. Yes. Um, you know, Jackass 4.5 is essentially kind of almost like a making of of Jackass Forever with a bunch of bits that they cut. Right. Um, and Jackass watched, has done the point fives for yes. all of their films. You know, I think they did all of them except for the first one. Oh, right. I think that Jackass, the first movie, didn't have one. But then it was two, 2.5, three, 3.5. Then they made Bad Grandpa and Bad Grandpa point five. Yep. And now Jackass Forever and Jackass 4.5. And uh, we watched it together on the phone. I got to tell you, I had a hell of a lot of fun watching 4.5 with you. Yeah, it was a good time. And it was it's funny because I like Jackass Forever. If I'm being completely honest about my feelings, it pains me to say I think it wasn't as good as the last couple movies. Um, I think that the intro and outro felt a little smaller. Yeah. And I felt like they just did. It felt like less bits during the movie. Okay. Um, but we watched 4.5, and I was like, there's a bunch of stuff in this that was for sure good enough to be in Jackass Forever. Absolutely, yes. And if you don't know about Jackass 4.5, it's released direct to Netflix. So if you have Netflix, I think they put it up maybe like six weeks ago or so. So just check out Jackass, you know, search Jackass on Netflix and watch it. It's up there. And it's like a whole nother movie of all the new stuff they shot with the new cast, with the guys, as well as kind of, you know, the story of filming the movie, going through COVID and all that stuff. But there was a ton of fun stuff that I was like, man, this could have been... There was a couple moments that definitely could have been the interstitials because sometimes they'll go from a full bit, then they'll fade into a bit and it'll be 10 to 15 seconds long and they'll fade out of it and go to another bit. Right. And the uh, the baseball thing yep. where Zach was pulled by the truck to crash into them was was a perfect interstitial, especially right. the, side, the side angle was perfect. Um, I thought the elephant gun stuff was very fun, right. even if it was like small, like that could have been during the credits or something. And then one of my favorite things was the swing set bit. Right. There was like three killer hits during that. Yeah, they were in mascot costumes trying to walk kind of a balance beam in front of people who were swinging. 
and kind yeah, of and it, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, rigged against the the walkers and in favor of the swingers. It was it was killer. By the way, walkers and swingers that would be like a like a like an after hours HBO Walking Dead show. Yes, um, but um, that was great. And there was Ooh, another skis, bit. That we- <laughs> Wasn't there another? Uh, there was another bit that we thought was great too. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, but anyway, bunch of really, really fun stuff. I would, I would basically say I like Jackass 4.5 as much as I like Jackass Forever. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It was, uh, um, it was, it was entertaining, and it was, uh, you know, a weird way to watch it. Where we're like, all right, just press play on your Netflix now. And then we were trying, oh. to, like, I was trying to sync it up by pausing my Netflix, and then yours yeah. got ahead of me, and I'm like, whatever, we're fine. We're we're three oh, yeah, seconds we're, apart. We're, yeah, we were very close. You know what it was? It was the bit where they were on water skis and they had the jetpack. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Some of those were killer. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because with the new cast, they shot Jackass Shark Week last year, Jackass Forever, Jackass 4.5. And just through all that footage, I mean, they, they split it into three projects. One was Shark Week, yeah. one was four, Forever, one was 4.5. Um, I think between the three projects, they had a ton of great stuff. Right. But with Jackass Forever being the main thing that went to theaters, I just think that it was a little bit underwhelming versus the old releases, and especially considering the stuff that was in Shark Week and in 4.5. Um, but altogether, which, which you know, as a filmmaker who constantly works on stuff with these groups of people, like, you know, we do Tell Him Steve Dave stuff, we do Tuesday stuff, we do stuff with Mike Birbiglia, uh, we do stuff with the Chuck and Brad podcast and Ray... Um, I see how you get all this stuff and you're like, here's the best of it. Here's the lower points. Here's the interesting stuff. Here's the right. stuff that's more fun like this. And it is an in- interesting deal to be like, well, what do we put out? What's behind the scenes? What do we do with this? Um, and I just feel like, I hate to say this. I feel like they could have put out the same length of Jackass forever and made it a lot better and then just done like a behind the scenes hour long making of. Yeah. And it might have been a better way to separate the footage. Um, but all that to say that 4.5 is great. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just go go watch that, especially if you like the Jackass guys. Super fun, super funny. Way more Eric Andre, which was really fun. Um, and I do love them in the documentary format. Right. Like the Jackass movies don't have any of that, the talking head stuff. But I love seeing all the guys plus Jeff Tremaine and uh, Spike, Spike Jones. Jones. Yeah like explaining the ideas behind the bits and why they did this and why they did that and why they didn't do this and didn't do that. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, but very, very fun. Glad we could do that on your birthday too. Yeah, it was nice. Because you, you had a pretty fun birthday this year. I did. I, I talked about it last time. I hung out with my friend Kate. We went and got yeah. food, yeah. chatted it up, and then watched a movie with you. Yeah, it was great, man. I'm, I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's jump into an email. What else we got? All right, so we're saving Nate's for the end because we yep. don't want to spoil anything. Um, so I think we got another one from Esteban, our buddy. I, I think the uh, June June twenty second email is that the oldest one. Yeah. Okay, from Esteban, a listener, Chuck and Brad. Oh, the the subject line is Brad tries birria. Chuck and Brad, Brad, I saw you tried birria tacos. What did you think? I forget, but is it goat? I can't describe the taste, but it's not chicken taste. A lot of people know I know love it, but I don't. What do you say, Brad? Um, I, it was not goat when I had it. Uh, the, the tacos I had, one was like, you know, just beef and one was, yeah. uh, spare rib. And basically what it is, is the meat is stewed and then the tortilla, you know, it's a double tortilla 
and the tortilla is fried in the fat that came off of the meat that was just cooked. Uh, and nice. so the, the meat itself is really tender. The, the sh- outer shell, you know, is vaguely fried. And uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed my two uh, birria tacos uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say, do you guys like spicy foods? Does Warren have good Mexican places to eat? Do you guys have a favorite order? <laughs> Esteban's very curious. Ever notice that? I do. He goes, he says, I usually order the same thing. Rolled tacos, ground beef, or potato tacos with fried shells. Mm. Enchiladas or quesadillas. Other people love carne asada or carnitas. Um, I like some spicy foods. I don't love crazy spicy foods, but I do love the taste of buffalo. I'm kind of a spice puss. Um, does Warren have good Mexican food places to eat? They have Warren has uh Warren, Rhode Island has La Pinata. Um, La Pinata, which is good, which is good okay. fun to eat. Um, and they also ha- now have Bajas, which is kind of more of a burrito counter. Yeah. And I also like going there. Uh, my favorite Mexican place is around Rhode Island, uh Tallulah's Taqueria. Ooh, right? yeah. Um, and it's funny because like you know, Los Andes in Providence is Peruvian Bolivian, but it's very Spanish inspired and I love it. Um, and then also Chilangos is delicious. It's a really, really good sit down Mexican place in Providence. Do you guys have a favorite order? It, dep- it depends on the place. Yeah. Yes. I use I, I gravitate towards burritos, but when I go to Tallulah's, man, I'm getting three tacos. Oh yeah. And um I usually go towards pork. I usually go go towards like an al pastor. I love like the pineapple and um but I'm not a huge refried beans guy. I'd much prefer black beans. Um, and I love sour cream and I love guacamole. So, you know, I, I kind of keep those things in mind. I love grilled chicken. I love grilled steak. I know that does not narrow it down whatsoever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny because a lot of Mexican food is kind of, you know, the same ingredients kind of rearranged slightly in different ways. But I love it. Mexican is always where I go to. All right. Mexican food is very, this is what uh, Esteban says, Mexican food is very common in Southern California, but I wonder how common it is on the East Coast. Less common here is other Latin food, Cuban or Peruvian or El Salvadorian, to name a few. I've seen a few places like that here, but they are few. I noticed the rice is different at each. I agree. The rice is different. Um, I'd say Mexican is pretty common over here. Yeah. And other Latin food, I think, is pretty common as well. We, but you uh, got to look, look yeah, for it a I, bit. I, There's a, an El Salvadorian place. In Providence, and uh, I tried pupusas there, which is like uh, kind of pupusas. a yeah uh, pupusa. It's like a kind of a pancake thing ah. with the meat inside it. I think we had it. Um, you and I had them at a different taco restaurant, probably somewhere in Cranston or Warwick. Uh, and I don't remember the name of that, but uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, my my friend Christian is El Salvador. Is you know he's Guatemalan, uh, but he introduced right. me to the beauty of the pupusa. Uh, and then you mentioned uh, Los Andes with the Peruvian oh. and Bolivian uh, food. So the best. Yep, love it. Um, Brad, you mentioned finding ways to dr- finding ways to drive distracted from traffic. Have you tried audiobooks or a favorite podcast? To listen to you guys on the way home. The laughing helps distract from the traffic. Have a good weekend. Yours truly, Esteban. I'll say, say, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I've been listening to audiobooks because I want to learn how to narrate and be a better narrator. So I just finished listening to the reading of The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers, which is one of my favorite books. And I thought the narrator did a bang-up job, and I forgot her name right now, so I apologize if she's a chuby. If she's not a chuby, I don't apologize. Um, (laughs) 
but normally in traffic, like when I'm driving home from work, I generally like, you know, call my parents and talk to them. Uh, today, traffic was terrible. I think there was an accident on like the bridge that connects, uh, that crosses over Fall River. And so it took me like 35 extra minutes to get home. So I talked to my parents for a while and then just listened to NFL talk radio and, you know, uh. seethed. Uh, I, I, I had taken a different, you know, GPS was like, go this way. It's 11 minutes shorter. And, uh, at least I was in motion, even, even if it took me an hour and five minutes to get home, uh, at least I was moving for much of that time. Whereas if I had even, even if it had taken an hour and five minutes, but I had like crept over the bridge with all this traffic, I would have gotten so mad because I wasn't in motion for so much of it. You know, it's a, it's a control issue. I want to be in control of the situation and often I have no control over traffic. And, uh, so I struggle with it. But uh, that's me, you know, audiobooks, favorite podcast. It's, it, you know, in the car, in the morning, I'm listening to music to like try and get me into a, a better mindset to face the day. Uh, yep. And then driving home, you know, it's usually like I've, since I got Bluetooth in my car, I talk to my parents significantly more because I oh, can, yeah, I sure. can call someone on the way home. That's it. Yeah. Whenever I'm, I, I, you know, once a week I go into the, into Midtown from Staten Island and I film with Mark and Joe, and uh, it's always like an hour there, an hour back. And I basically, I, I I almost always call people on my way there and on my way back. Yeah. Um, let's do one more email for now. All right. This is from Sean Hogarty, a good friend. He does the Fan Men podcast, and he's a great guy. Uh, subject line: Cassettes. Uh, Sean says, greetings, boys. Long time no see. Listening to episode 576 right now and loving it as usual. Thought you might be amused by the enclosed photos. I found my old cassette case. I don't think these have been touched since about 1987. And he sent two cassettes tape with Men at Work, uh, Phil Collins, uh, Chuck Mangione, Billy Ocean, the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack, Van Halen, Miami. I'll Fights. say my, my brother <laughs> the Back had to the future soundtrack. My brother had the Van Halen 5150 tape. Yes. Um, that's what this one is. Yeah. And so, and then looking at the other one, he's got two different Chris DeBerg tapes. And Chris, <laughs> Chris DeBerg, I bought the CD because he sang the song Lady in Red. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the girl I liked my senior year of high school that I then waited for for three years, despite all evidence to the contrary, uh, her favorite song, you know, Lady in Red, sung by Chris DeBerg. And I'm like, I'm going to get this so that we can dance to it sometime. Like, that's the thing I likely said to her on the telephone. Uh, we did not dance to it. Um, (laughs) but man, that's, uh, that's, that's fun stuff. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Tapes. I miss him. He continued. All I have for cassettes really are, are Green Day Dookie, No Doubt, Tragic Kingdom, Queen, Night at the Opera. I have a few of them. Yeah. And I pre-ordered the new, uh, the Interrupters album that comes out, I think next month. Um, I pre-ordered the cassette tape of that just as like a fun collectible. Sean continues to say, I love the way Brad described the cassette car listening experience. My first car was a 1974 Audi Fox, Audi Fox, and I, for about a year, had the outfields play deep stuck in its tape deck. It wouldn't eject. Thankfully, that album rules front to back. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny because Senior Discount, we used to, my band used to have a touring uh, van. And we had like four captain's chairs and a bed in the back that that like folded up into a, a bench seat. And one of the things we had in there, I think Brad was around for this, was um, a TV in the ceiling yes. with a VCR and the movie Gladiator stuck in the VCR. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Um, so very similar. And then we put an N64 in there and holy shit. 
I remember me and uh, our old buddy Alan Souza, the bassist of Senior Discount at the time, we were driving back from New York one time. This is one of my favorite Senior Discount memories. Uh, with Tom, our old lead guitarist, driving us back, and we're me and Souza are just in the back with an Xbox, a modded Xbox, playing through the Punisher arcade game as Punisher and Nick Fury. And man, what a beautiful uh, memory! That was so fun. Didn't we? Uh, we, we you had like a, an all day festival show, and we went. And then we had to drive it to GameStop. Like we we didn't tell Tom we were taking the van. We just took the van yes. and went to a GameStop to get extra controllers. There was for that. I bet. I bet. I bet that was uh, Lobster Fest mm-hmm. in Long Island or no, somewhere in New no, York. This, no, this would have been more local because I was there. And wow. um, so we went to GameStop to get the controllers. We came back. And you know, played, uh, but but like then then played games for like twenty minutes, and then we're like distracted. Ah uh, man, yes. it's weird because I don't remember the show, but I remember there was a, a girl later that night, and she you know was just playing acoustic. It was just her and a guitar, and yeah. she covered an against me song, and we all ran in and sang along, and it like overwhelmed her. It was was it Jen Lombari? I I don't know who it was. Uh, it Jen was, Lombari uh, uh, is a person that definitely would do that. Yeah, um, but um, it was uh, it was it was a fun day. But like, uh, yeah, us stealing the van. Oh, and, yeah, that uh, was great. I, I remember that specifically. Yeah. Um, Sean continues. Also, I just lost my job. Happy summer. Cheers. Ah, Sean. At V-A-C-A-B-O-C-A. Vaca Boca. Snacks from the uh, snacks from the Fan Men podcast. Oh, no, it says the Fan Men podcast guy that's better than DJ, but not as cool as Chris. Um, nice. So, Sean, yeah, Sean's a great guy. DJ's a great guy. Chris is a great guy. Uh, always have fun with those guys. Um, well, I hope you bounce back job-wise. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to Sean. I'm going to have to say, like, hey, buddy, hit me up. Let me know what's going on, because I love that dude. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, so one of the things I want to talk to you about, and this is, it's so interesting because it's been hard not to talk to you about this, is a new show that just started last, was it Friday? Yes. So let me let me give you a little rundown, and then we'll get into the show. Okay. I'm here in Staten Island, you know, the big city, yeah. the main, the heart of New York, Not, no. where everyone's bustling and hustling. It's like an appendix. It's an yes. appendix for New York City. <laughs> and uh, I got this buddy. His name is Stephen Griss. And I think I met him in 2018 at Vulgarthon, uh, Kevin Smith event in uh, Red Bank, where I was filming for Tell Him Steve Dave. And Gris was just a wonderful dude. And over the years, uh, he's contributed to Kevin Smith's stuff with his song, Check You Don't Like It, for our Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I think he designed some coins with Kevin and Jason Muse's face on them. Nice. Um, he's done a bunch of... of he's helped uh, Tell Him Steve Dave, specifically Walt, with a lot of graphical stuff behind the scenes. Um and eventually, after he and I started talking and I found out that he was really good with video editing and stuff like that, he started working for me doing video editing. So he helps a lot with the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon projects and occasionally with the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon projects now as well. Yes. And I, and I told him, hey, man, anytime you come to the States, because he's from Canada, um, feel free to stay with me. And he hit me up two weeks ago. He's like, hey, I got to come in for a, you know, for a work thing. Um, do yeah. you mind if I, if I Canadians stay always coming here and taking our jobs? He, he made that joke. Oh, all right. Yeah. Canadian um, Brad. I was like, hell yeah, come in. So this, you'll love this. I didn't tell you this part yet. 
So he's like, all right, I'm coming in Friday night. And he's like, can you pick me up at the Staten Island Ferry? And I'm like, sure. And I've been to the Staten Island Ferry and it's like 25 minutes from here. Okay. So I went to go pick him up at like 830 at night on Friday this past week. And I put in, I put Staten Island Ferry and it said 26 minutes away. All right. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Put it in. Driving around, driving around, going over a bridge. Cool. I like that. That's fun. Hmm. Then I get to like where it's supposed to go and it's all shipping containers and it's like saying I can't drive in this area. So I'm driving in this area. I'm not supposed to drive in. Yeah, that's you. And I'm calling him and I'm like, where the hell are you? Are you in one of these shipping containers? I'm knocking on the shipping containers. I've got a crowbar. I'm opening them up. I get a lot of people saying, hey, what are you doing over here? You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, dock They're workers. shooting at me. Yeah, okay, it's full wow. of cocaine. Oh, no. Yeah, there's strippers, okay. children in cages. No. I really, All right. Wait, really? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff Highs there. and lows, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, damn. I'm like, and, then, and by the way, not a Stephen Griss in any of the cages. I'm like... Steven and they're like no let us out and what, I'm like doesn't sound like him was he one of the strippers uh yes <laughs> yeah. uh but anyways so I'm like where the fuck is this Canuck is that is that offensive I don't know or is he like a knucklehead is that fun um I think knucklehead is fun I don't know about Canuck oh, I mean geez. you know I'll say this the Vancouver hockey team is called the Canucks but <laughs> the Washington football team for years was called a racial slur so uh you know Maybe it is terrible. Is them calling themselves the Washington football team, is that like a pouting thing? No, they uh, they didn't have time to like think of a name. And so they're like, well, in, in Europe, uh, a lot of the, the soccer or football clubs uh, just call themselves like football clubs. So we're just going to call ourselves football team for a year. And then they're like, okay, two years. And now they're the Washington commanders. See, for me, like... I would think of like Brad as like ten year old Brad at camp being like, oh, I'm yeah. Chief, I'm Chief Brad Bottom, and then they're like, and you're wearing like an Indian headdress, yes, and then then they're like, Brad, you uh, you cannot wear that Native American headdress, and you're like, if I can't wear that, then I guess I'll just be stupid old regular Brad, and you're crying, you know what I mean? Yes, into your arrows, into your quiver, <laughs> yes. My, I'm <laughs> quivering into my quiver, um, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. fine, I'm just I, then call me Brad Human, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought they were doing. Yeah, which I would love. Um, it wouldn't anyway. honestly. It wouldn't surprise me. Their owner is a real piece of salami. <laughs> Delicious. And so uh, I was like, "Where is this knucklehead?" Um, and I called him, and I'm like, "Where is this knucklehead?" And he's like, "I'm right here." And I'm like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "I'll send you my location." He was, you know, like a half hour away from where I was, and I'm like, "Where the hell am I?" You know. Um, and I crossed over. I was in Jersey. Wow. But there must be like another Staten Island ferry, like, you know what I mean? Like in New York City, yeah. in Manhattan, there's a Staten Island ferry. Yes. And that's where you get on the ferry to come here to Staten Island. Right. So maybe there's one in New Jersey that comes here. Maybe. Where the hell was I? Who knows? I, I don't know. How did you spell ferry? Ooh. Because it could so have anyway, been like a godmother situation. Yes, that's true. I picked him up. And I was like, you know, I was like, what's going on? He's like, hey, you know, he's saying all the Canadian things. And I'm like, what is this guy trying to tell me? But we drove back and I'm, I'm like, you know, are you hungry? And we went to Mona Lisa Pizza near me in Staten Island. We got the chicken marsala pizza. Mm. And I was like, you know what comes on tonight, you son of a bitch? And he's like, what is it, you son of a bitch? And I'm like, listen here, you son of a bitch. Have you seen Nathan for you? And he said, I love Nathan for you. <gasps> and then he went. The rehearsal starts tonight. And so in a minute, we'll tell the Chuck and Brad podcast audience about the rehearsal. But first, let's yes. get into uh, the weekend with Grissy. So 
we had a great night. We watched the rehearsal. We talked and chatted till the break of dawn, just putting on YouTube videos and laughing and joking. He stayed in the guest room. Um, somehow, somehow, my acquaintance from Canada stayed here longer than my my best buddy from Rhode Island, Brad Roar, in the first eight months that I've lived here. Wow! But anyway, so you know, he's like, "This is the most comfortable bed in the world. What a great room! So temperature controlled. You have such a great place. Such a creative, uh, you know, hole of fun." And uh, next day, first of all, I've slept on that bed. Only once for like you. You were here for less than twenty four hours. You piece of shit. Yeah. Also, I've slept on that bed, so maybe they don't have good beds in Canada. That's why he liked it so much. <laughs> well, guess what? I figured out how to connect the bed to make it a real king size bed. Oh, see, that makes a difference too. Yeah. The problem I, is, I'm it's, falling it's, through the center. The, the yeah, two it twins. Is. It's a trundle. It's a trundle bed, and we didn't know how to connect it before. But now it's all connected. It's a king size. So. You know, we wake up, we go get some coffee. Gris is like, I like hot coffee. And I thought he said he tried like iced coffee and never and didn't like it. But by the end of the weekend, I found out he's never had like an iced coffee, cold brew, iced latte. He's never had cold coffee. Wow. Bizarre. This guy's talking about Tim Hortons. It's it's another world up there. Yes. It's worse than the Upside Down from Stranger Things. It's kind of the same. I don't know about worse, but yeah. He was a demigorgons. Oh, okay. Demi Gorgonzola, that's what we call him here in Staten Island. Yeah, Tim Hortons, more like Timmy Gorgons. Gorgonzola. <laughs> <laughs> Too many ideas at yes. once, but anyway. So we went up, uh, it was interesting. My buddy Joe List of, of Tuesdays with Stories fame and of Fourth of July fame, he came out with his movie. You know, Joe List made a movie with Louis C.K. and yep. Nick DiPaolo and Bobby Kelly. And, you know, we I just filmed it at the premiere a couple weeks ago. Tears in my eyes, kissing Joe in the mouth. He's kind of crazy teeth, so it, you know I had to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, wonderful dude hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, I'm doing some Q and A's, some like pop up Q and A's at the, some screenings for Fourth of July this weekend. Do you want to come?" And I said, "Oh, that'd be so fun because Gris is here from Canada, and he's a big fan, and he wanted to see the movie, and it's even more fun that he meets Joe." So we're like, "All right." So we went to Cinema Village in uh, in Manhattan, I think. I don't know where the hell it is, and one of the unimportant camera. parts of New York. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's there. It's a double weed. No. But we went in and, and you know, we talked to Joe for a little bit. Went in and he kind of went to a screening afterwards and just did a Q&A in the theater. And it was awesome. And it was really fun. We filmed it. He put out one of the videos, like a short video today that I edited. Um, and we're going to have we're going to put out some more stuff on his YouTube. Nice. But it was great that Gris got to see the movie. Got to hang out with Joe. Our buddy Andrew Chavone went. Great comic in New York. And uh, after the movie, you know, we talked to the talked to the guys. We had somewhere to be. I forgot where we were going, but we went somewhere. Oh, we went to Bleecker Street Pizza, which is a pizza place I really like right. in the city. Great time. Um, came home and we sat down and played Shredder's Revenge, and Gris and I beat it again. Ah, congratulations! This is the third time I've beat it. I beat it once with the six of us that night, the first right. day it came out. Then recently, I beat the whole game with Casey Jones, the unlockable character in the new Ninja Turtles games for Shadow Revenge. And then we sat down and we beat the whole thing again. That's great. And we had a great time. We just talked all night. Again, just like talked till two in the morning, joked around. Great guy. One of us, for sure. Next day, uh, Joe was like, oh, we're going to go hang out in Central Park. You want to come? And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. So I went up to Central Park, uh, got some more coffee. Gris is still drinking hot coffee. Everyone at Starbucks. It's like everyone's melting. It's humid as fuck outside. And Gris is like, I'll just have a large hot coffee. And everyone at Starbucks, like, you know, a a record scratches, you know, like 10 of those kids in cages fall out of the ceiling. The police raid the whole joint. Um, But we went up to to Central Park. We get to hang out with Central Park with, with Joe. 
uh, Sarah Talamash, another great comic, Steve Rogers, Siobhan, everybody, a bunch of people, Jason Canner, great time. And we came back to the city because he was talking to our mutual buddy, Jen, um, who's from like close by. She's in Philadelphia and they're, they're friends too. And I'm friends with her. So he was like, oh, you know, he wanted to hang out with her. So she came up and Kevin Smith, I don't know if you know about this. He recently sold a movie um, called Kilroy Was Here yes. as like an NFT. And it was like one of the first films on NFT, if not the first film as an NFT. And Gris was a backer. So he got the movie this weekend. Oh, that's cool. So Jen came up and the three of us uh, watched the movie and hung out. We got some. We went to this uh, ta- uh, this Mexican place near me called Iguana something that I've gone to before. That's really good. Um, had a good time there. Had a really stupid time where I was like, the three of us are at this restaurant and I'm like, oh my god, I want this chick because I, I was eating pizza all fucking weekend. Mm. Have you had Mona Lisa pizza yet or no? No. So the pizza is super thick. It's it's delicious. Ray had it with me when he came up. Delicious, but it's so much bread, and I just lost 35 pounds. I feel like a piece of shit. I can't eat all these carbs and sugar bread. And so I'm like, we got to eat something healthy. So we went out to Mexican. I was like, I got to find a healthy thing on this menu. And they had one dish that was essentially grilled chicken with sautéed um, onions and peppers on top. Oh, that, and, sounds and, like and tomatoes. that sounds like a Chuck dish. Yeah, and some black beans on the side, too. So this is perfect. And then I go like this. I'm talking to Jen and Gris, and I'm like, do you guys think... I can ask for them to put cheese on this. Is that weird? Now, what do you say to that? I think you can ask. So do, do you think it's weird? No, no. I, you so know, they were like, yeah. They go. They're like, they're like, that's that's not weird. They're like, there's cheese on a ton of this stuff. There's cheese all over the menu. It's not weird. It's a Mexican restaurant. They put cheese in things. Yeah. And everyone's like, you're a fucking idiot. Get the cheese. Are you crazy? Like, they're basically like leaving me there. They're like, what is wrong with this guy? Right. Get the cheese. Are you kidding me? Just ask for the cheese. Who's going to care? Yeah. Waiter comes over, takes Steven's order. Okay. Because he goes first because he doesn't understand the ladies first thing. In Canada, it's knuckleheads first. Yep. (laughs) Which is tough because in in Canada, they're all knuckleheads. So the, just the waiter comes to the table and they just all shout their order at once. Canadians, famously rude people. <laughs> Canada. And, uh, and so, you know, Steve, Gris orders, Jen orders. And then I go, hey, I'm going to get the, uh, you know, Pollo, whatever it was called. Right. Yep. And the guy's like, uh-huh. And then the waiter is like, he might be the owner. And he like, has this big smile on his face. And I go, oh, and yeah, and uh, can I get some cheese on that? <laughs> I'm not kidding. His smile turned into a grimace. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Fast. This guy just, he, he seriously, like, uh, it was just like, uh, you know, he looked at me like we were on the Titanic, and I'm like, hey, sir, I just dropped your baby into the ocean. That's the face he made when I said, like, can I get some cheese on this? And it, everyone was chastising me and treating me like I'm an idiot for even wanting to ask, for, for thinking it's weird to ask. This guy's face dropped and I was like trying to immediately like solve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, oh, yeah. you, you don't know, want I'm the like, waiter like, you know, mad at you. Yeah. I was, I was just like, you know, just some cheese. It's no big deal. What? You know, just a little cheese. I don't know. And he goes, what kind of cheese? And I'm like, whatever, whatever you think, you know, I like, trust you, whatever you think. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, ah, oh, that was so fucking weird. What is I, he going to do I mean, this? if you trusted him, you would have ordered off the menu. Because clearly you don't uh, trust him enough. Yeah. Waiters don't make the menu. You don't get it. Well, you said Anyways. he might be the owner. 
<laughs> it might be the owner. Stop with the wishful thinking. You dropped so anyway. his baby off the side of the Titanic. <laughs> so anyway. That baby could have seen the iceberg and saved the day had you not so, dropped the baby. <laughs> so I get the plate back. They put down Gris's plate. Looks perfectly normal. Yep. Put down Jen's plate. Uh, hot plate, sir. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. They put my plate down. There are four big white squares of cheese. Beautiful. It's not the typical cheese you'd get at a Mexican restaurant. It's not the shitty nacho cheese yep. that you would accept from Taco Bell. It was like the Cotija cheese. Is that how you spell? Yeah. Or is it Cochita? What is it? I don't know. Is it C-O-T-I-J-A or yes. C-O-I-G-T-A? I, I, I know it as C-O-T-I-J-A, not, C, not C-O and then things that sound like letters but aren't. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what are they doing to me? Uh, I tried to spread out the cheese as much as possible. It still was actually really good. good. I really enjoyed it. Good. But uh, we did that. Uh, I showed him, I showed Stephen uh, Nirvana the band the show, oh, which he never saw really. Yep. Great time. And then we all watched Kilroy was here. And we just talked and talked and talked again until like super, super late. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, great dude. We said our goodbyes. Uh, and then I woke up. He was gone because he had to get up super early. Uh, his work sent like an Uber for him. Mm -hmm. And he left me a very nice note. He left me a $50 bill, which upset me because I did not want him to pay. You know, right. we, were, we were having a good time. Um, but man, he's such a great guy. Such a wonderful, creative guy. Good heart, great communicator, fun guy, great personality. He fits in exactly with us and the people that we like to be with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I love this guy. And uh, really happy we get to spend the weekend together and actually like bond in person like this. Because you don't get a lot of that. No. No. You know, a lot of it's hard to make the new close friend as an adult. And I think being here allows me to spend that kind of time with people like i already feel very close to ray harrington yes. our buddy because we've talked on the phone like a thousand times for hours at night um but when he came up here and it was like oh man like none of our responsibilities are around it's just the boys none of the ladies clucking up the canadian knuckleheads you know what i mean yeah yeah you old ray. phrase yeah yeah um, and me and him just got to hang out and just talk and joke around and watch movies and get pizza. Really, it's about movies and pizza, yeah. if you ask me. that's I agree. By the way, I did ask the pizza place if we could have some cheese on our pizza. What did I'm they say? I'm not going to get into that. Oh, oh. <laughs> But we're back into the Titanic, baby. But uh, um, great weekend with a great, wonderful man. Wait, you and know he, he lost a different baby. Why would you give him <laughs> our baby, Melinda? I, I so anyway, there's no way it could happen a second time. Back to the rehearsal. Yes. The new For Nathan Fielder you, show. Yes. Why don't you tell people about the original way we, found, we fell in love with the man Nathan Fielder and his show, Nathan For You. Nathan uh, Fielder, his show, Nathan For You, was uh, it's, it's a comedy show uh, that is, I, I guess, kind of an earnest prank show where it would be small businesses would reach out to this, you know, to Nathan Fielder, and he would present kind of ridiculous ideas that these people would just go along with. And, uh, and each step of his plan would be, uh, you know, the phrase is, is an Overton window where you, what, what, what is acceptable changes just a little bit and eventually like the whole thing shifts. And so, 
people would swallow a little bit of weird at the beginning of like, oh, I want to bring people into my electronic store. And he says, well, you need to be higher class, so you should in- institute a dress code. And right. they're like, okay, that's weird, but fine. And then, you know, eventually it gets to, we're going to sell this TV super cheap, but it's going to be behind this door and there's going to be an alligator. And, and they, you know, they just go along with it. So it's just kind of a small steps to ridiculous behavior. And uh, it aired for, I think, three, maybe four seasons on Comedy yeah. Central. And it is uh, so funny. It's, in, it's, in yeah, such it's crazy. A weird way. Yeah. To me, it's like the most elevated prank show I've ever seen. Yeah. And he does things that, like, for a good example, he does a thing with this gas station. And it's all real. It's all real. Yeah. He pitches to this gas station that they offer a, a rebate that makes them the cheapest gas by, like, a ton. Yeah. But the thing is, he makes the rebate impossible to cash in. Right. So there's this in, a cr- incredible line of people to come into the gas station. But then when he explains to them that they're re- it's a rebate and they have to like walk up this mountain to do it, all these people are pissed off. But then a group of people actually commits to going up the mountain and he goes with them and he films them for multiple days going up the mountain to cash in the rebate. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's documentary style. It's right. real. It's all real people that he's putting in this predicament. And the show got more and more ambitious as time went on. I mean, the movement where he convinced people that uh, he you know he went to a moving company and he said, well, what if you convince people that there was a guy who was super fat and he just came to your moving company and just by moving boxes. It was an exercise like a workout that lost a ton of weight. Then a lot of other people would believe it's a you know, an exercise program and they'll come work for free. And so he got this guy to do it. And that guy went on talk shows and it really is an exercise in how ludicrous these business ideas can get. Yes. Right. And it's amazing. It's incredible. It's hilarious. Like genius level prank stuff. Um, and kind of almost presented like it's not a prank. Right. Like it's legitimate ideas. Amazing. And so what happened was that show aired for four seasons, ended with this big like hour plus long documentary about him and one of the people that was involved in the show and helping that person track down someone he was in love with and all this stuff. And Nathan Fielder kind of disappeared after that. I think he produced Joe Parra Talks With You or uh, did something no, on no, it. No, he, he did a different show, but I don't think it was Joe Parra. I think he was. I thought he was involved in that. I don't know. Um, and then I, And then he was involved with another show that took place in New York. Um, but he was involved in some stuff and, and like, I think there's just two shows I know that he was involved with after Nathan for you, where he was not the star and he was not on screen for them. Um, so he's been kind of gone as a comedic presence, um, in that way for a while. And then a, a long time ago, maybe a year ago, it was announced that HBO would be doing a new show with Nathan Fielder with him as the star and slowly, you know, and it was called the rehearsal. And we didn't know what it was. No one really, there was a very short, like one or two sentence explanation of the show. And that's all we got. Then over the course of the past two months, there was like basically a small teaser released. And I think a trailer released that didn't really give you the full scope of what the show would be. Uh, but they had the release date of June 15th or in our, or July 15th, I should say. And so this past Friday, um, the rehearsal, the first episode aired. So that's the show that Stephen Griss and I came home to watch on Friday and a show that I said to Brad, you have to watch this show. Yeah, Nathan Fielder, by the way, a producer on How To with John Wilson. So similar vibe to Joe Para, just not the same okay. show. Maybe when I... The thing is, I search for 
Nathan for you on a streaming service and Joe Parra talks with you came up. Yeah. And maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. But so what did you think of the show? So the rehearsal, the, the concept behind the show is you can, um, you know, look at these, these potentially challenging moments in your life and just rehearse and kind of uh, figure out every possible scenario so that you're prepared and you can uh, deal with whatever it is you need to deal with. Um, you know, years ago, uh, to, to get back to how I act around women, um, you know, there was a woman I was super attracted to and I want, you know, she was having a birthday party. And so I wanted to write the perfect joke in her birthday party Facebook event invite. And Chuck yes. and I spent hours figuring out not only the first joke, but when she responds like this, then we have the follow-up joke ready to go. And yes. I posted the first thing and she responded in a way we did not expect and we had to adapt our joke. But if we had rehearsed, the the thinking is we would have been prepared for this uh, this this eventuality that she responds in a different way. So yes, the concept, I will I will, yeah. I will say this real quick real quick. Yeah. This is the article that I read. Over the past few years, HBO and its streaming service, HBO Max, have increasingly released non-traditional comedy shows. Ah, here's why. After the first two seasons of the New York-based documentary-style show How To with John Wilson and the revival of Comedy Central series Joe Parra Talks With You, Canadian comedian Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal is the last in the series. Oh, okay. So it kind of groups them together. Yeah. And it's weird because... Nathan Fielder was involved with the first and the third, but not the second. Right, right. Which is a weird thing. That's what I read. Yeah. But, so, yeah. So the show, like Brad said, is kind of based on this simple aspect of, oh, if you know all the outcomes, you can prepare for the best situations. But it's taken to a monstrously ludicrous level right. in this show. So why don't you explain this first episode? Because I want to hear it from your mouth. I right. want to hear you talk about it. I, I, I watched it today in the office on my lunch break, and it was... Uh, what did you think, first of all, your I opinion? I loved it. Incredible, uh, right? The, the uh, you know, so <laughs> Nathan Fielder comes in. He, he, basically, this guy responded to a pretty vague Craigslist ad about, like, have you been keeping a secret blah, from, from someone in your life? And yes. the guy confesses, it's, uh, I do pub trivia with a team of people, yes. and I'd let them think I have a master's degree. I only have a bachelor's degree. And my friend right. is, like, sending me jobs that, are for people with a master's degree and I, I can't apply to them, but they're just trying to help me. But I've kept the truth from them for like 12 years. Yes. And this is all true. It's all it's documentary. All, all true. And so, you know, the guy's explaining it to Nathan Fielder and, you know, they had showed their, their interactions like in the house. And, and then Nathan Fielder says to the guy, like, I basically, I, everything I'm saying has been rehearsed. I've practiced this over and over again. Like when the gas company came into your apartment the other day, we were like doing a scan so that we could like figure build an exact replica of your apartment in, in this warehouse uh, and then go through. And I hired someone who, you know, had, had heard you speak so that he could pretend to be you. And I could just say, Oh, what if, what if this rehearsal or, you know, like, what if this conversation goes this way? What if he responds that way? Should I make this joke? Should I not make this joke? And it is, um, it basically, it is what I do in my brain uh, before big conversations, but seen played out on like a set. And so they come up with the plan for this guy to tell his one trivia friend 
uh, that he didn't have a master's degree and they go through and they build a replica of the bar where they're going to do pub trivia. But what if she thinks it's romantic? They plan ways to get around that. Should they order pizza this time? What if his drink is full? Like all these like ev- like eventualities and how to navigate them and get to where he can have this conversation and tell the truth about his uh, his bachelor's degree. And yes. it was insane where they're like oh yeah like this balloon this this mylar balloon is is up by an air return in the in the real life bar so we had to put it in this yeah. in this uh fake bar so that the, yeah, it would be the more recreation uh, yeah, is incredible so that it would be more authentic oh, when you're there and it's amazing you know this and this guy is dealing with his his feelings because you know t- like watching it I'm like why wouldn't you just tell them like, why do you need to rehearse? But I'm sure there are situations in my life that uh, someone from the outside looking in would say, like, why don't you just do this? So, um, yes. And so and so basically, I think that's as much as we should give away. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that he presents this this unbelievably over the top, overly thorough rehearsal for this moment for this guy. And they come up with speed bumps and Nathan comes up with his own speed bumps with the guy. Yes. And they do some stuff with that and they play with some stuff and it keeps getting more inception-y in terms of the rehearsal stuff and the who are you tricking stuff and all that stuff. Yeah. And man, how much did you love the conclusion? I, I thought it was great. It was incredible. Um, I oh, did. I, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards a part I laughed out loud. At. Not, not that it's a huge spoiler. I just, you know. Um, I think I will say this and tell me what you think. A, I think going into it, if you are Nathan Fielder, you probably have to have some type of imbalance in terms of looking at things like that. One towards the type that me and you probably have with organization and stuff like that. Yeah. But the person who he is helping rehearse, to find someone who accepts the fact that Nathan Fielder built a replica bar and they're going to rehearse it endlessly until they do this thing correctly... I think also has to be somewhat abnormal. Yeah, I. I he, you think about that. Yeah, they had a a flow chart, uh, and they they just showed briefly of like all the like possible scenarios and like it, these four things could happen here, and it is ludicrous. Is mind in, in the mind best blowing. in the best way. Yes, um, and it is so interesting to see other people's brains that work like that. Oh, it was so good. I, I thought it was so good. I'm so excited for episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me oh, as well. It, it's going to be so good. And I heard that I think there are six episodes this season. Yeah. And five of them were released to the press, which gives me, and I don't know anything about any of them. Right. But that gives me the idea that episode six is bananas. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I mean, the best way he could do it is if he was doing this back towards HBO. Yeah. I don't know how that would work, but I would love it. Right. Um, but I loved it. Can't recommend it enough. If you love elevated pranks and you appreciate like really cerebral stuff like that and ludicrous stuff, watch Nathan for you if you haven't and for sure watch the rehearsal. Yeah. It's so good. Um, all right. We got some more. Let's get, let's get some more emails. Let's knock down these emails, right? All right. All right. Let's see. Add him up. From, knock him down. From Corey Costa, yes. a buddy of ours. Um he writes, Brad, Brad's work slash movie pitch. Brad, I was in a similar situation with work several years ago and can totally relate. I eventually transferred positions but stayed with the company I was working for. Not much changed in terms of compensation, but the decision to make that transition wasn't easy. Here's my movie pitch. 
Brad heads over to Chuck's to record the latest episode of the podcast, only to find me outside in a red convertible. Brad and I talk for a bit before receiving a call where we learn that Chuck is on an emergency trip to New York, fishing our pal Jordan out of some underground Brooklyn nightclub. <laughs> I convince Brad that he needs a break from his responsibilities and he takes Jordan's place on a trip to Las Vegas. There's even a deleted scene where Brad is hesitant to go, so I chloroform him and able to ride freely through the carpool lanes. Anyways, we have a blast in Vegas. Honey babies are everywhere. We're up five hundred before midnight. I tell Brad he's so money he doesn't even know it. Nice. Brad quits his job, goes on to direct several Iron Man films while I sail off into the sunset and do a mediocre rom-com with Jennifer Aniston. Hope you both enjoy the rest of your summer. Peace and love, Corey. I, mean, I love it! Vince Vaughn did uh, did other movies as well. <laughs> Played Trent in pretty much all of them. Yeah, um, that was great. Thanks. That uh, was a great email. Yeah, um, that would be. I I do love road trip comedies. Um, oh, you know, yeah, mi- mi- yeah. mismatched uh, mismatched friends. Whether yes. it's you know due date with Zach Galifianakis and RDJ. Um, there was one that the whitest kids you know did. Was it Miss March? Which one had yes. the, the fireman uh, chasing him and there's all the axes in the car? Was that I think that it's Miss March. Yeah, I think so yes. too. Um, fun stuff. But yeah, work uh, has not gotten better. It got, got worse. Um, but uh, we'll see. Who, who knows what's, uh, what's coming in the future? Yes. Uh, another email from Nate Hicks. This is the same guy who wants to talk about Thor that we're going to have to save for the end of the episode. Um, Hey guys, despite being a friend and supporter of Ray Harrington since college, one of our close buddies who's on the podcast a lot, I'm embarrassed to say it's taken me until recently to start listening to your show. Sometimes I find it hard to latch onto a new podcast, but somehow I've become fully engrossed. Actually, it's to the point where I worried myself this week as I frantically hit refresh on Apple Podcasts because I need to hear what happened in the aftermath of the TESD roast. Although it doesn't seem like they or you guys have addressed it, I just want to say how much I thoroughly enjoy the show from week to week. Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Nate. P.S. The jury duty segment did make me wonder if somewhere in the multiverse there exists a porn parody of the show called Buck and Chad Podcast. I bet those guys would be into some weird shit. I agree. I mean, one of them is, you know, in the alternate universe, one of them is, it's just, it's just the different one is into weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and let's do one more from uh, our buddy Esteban. He sent a few of them. Um, what? I didn't see this. Did you? What? What the fuck? The one from Esteban? Wow. Okay, all right. Ready for this? Maybe. Hi, guys. I wanted to wish Brad a happy birthday. Oh, I feel so bad. This came in a month ago. We just saw it. Thank you for entertaining us weekly. Thank you for sharing yourself with us. Thank you for for being you. You matter. You are special. You are loved. I think the world would be a better place if more people had a friend like Brad. You seem like a true friend. I bet everyone is glad you're in their life. Almost. Everyone. I hope you like this gift. You deserve more. I'm hoping you don't already have it. I'm worried. I'm already. I'm already. I'm always worried someone already beat me to it when I give a gift. May your birthday be amazing and your year be the best yet. Sending you the best wishes. Yours truly, Esteban. And Esteban has commissioned a drawing from I don't know who. It says a uh, DG Tunes. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. It's 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 Chuck and Brad uh in the style of Rick and Morty and it says the Chuck and Brad podcast and it is killer it with is me, awesome. Brad and Rosie. My cat is in this as well, which wow. Wow. Rosie, Let me see. This is she's amazing. Psyched. She's so psyched she's uh scratching the back of my chair. How did this happen? This is uh thank you. 
Oh my God! What do you say about this? I I mean I'm 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 mostly speechless. Just uh, just thank you <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> wow, wow! We really owe Esteban an apology for waiting so long to open this, right? Yes. Wow, we, well, we are very post- sorry. Let's let's let you know. How about this? We're gonna post this on all of our social media tomorrow, right? Yeah. Wednesday, uh, July twentieth. This photo, right? Yep, this podcast will come out on the 21st. Yeah. Um, and um, no, that, wow, that's, that's so that's, nice of him. That you're coming through the portal as well, Rosie. Wow. Right, she's she's less interested. There's a How rubber band this? on the floor. To, to say thanks to Esteban, he sent one more email that I was going to save, but let's just read it. How about that? Sure. Um, all, that's all, although, to be thoughtful. fair, I, th- I think his newest email uh, requires a longer answer. Oh, all right. You yeah. want to do? Uh, yeah. You want to save it? Let's save it because I'd I'd like to make sure we answer it fully. All right, Esteban. We promise we're going to answer this next week. Um, wow, I feel so bad that we didn't answer this. Well, what do you have to say? This is a gift for your birthday. I'm I'm touched. I th- I think it's great, and uh, it it uh, it's really uh, special. Wow, that's Thank amazing. You. How do you feel about? I got to ask you sometimes. It feels like the listeners think that you're like the star of the podcast and they love you. We've gotten so many emails that are like, I had a song written for Brad. I had this art made for Brad. I had this art made for Brad. So many times people have said, everyone needs a friend like Brad. Brad's the best friend in the world. How, what, what, what do you think about that stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm worthy of most of those compliments um, because I, I, I know what I am. And I, I mean... Well, you should- you do know what you are. You're a great guy, and a lot of people recognize it. Yeah, I don't always agree with that because I know what's going on in my head and my heart. And I'll uh, kill you. Yes, <laughs> I, I, you're I, you so know. often ready to murder someone. Yeah, yes, character bread <laughs> often is. Um, I was going to say the reason I have people write songs for me is because you're writing songs for you. You're like Chuck <laughs> is great. He's the greatest. He's Chuck. <laughs> Woo. Um, it amazes me. That we yeah. that we get to do this and that people respond to it. Um, it's 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 still flabbergasting that people this talented and diverse and interesting care a whit what I have to say, uh, much less what we have to say. Especially because so much of what we say is utter nonsense. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I do appreciate it. I appreciate it when anyone, uh, listens to it, whether it's, you know, someone we know or someone we don't know, or someone in Australia or, or someone in Southern cat, like, or, or someone, you know, across the street or my landlord upstairs. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not going to, not going to do his voice. Um, yeah, it's just, it's That's just my impression. Him, it's just him coughing. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really sweet and kind and thoughtful and thank you. That's amazing. Killer job, Esteban. Wow. That's, you knocked it out of the park, buddy. I love it. Um, all right. That's amazing. All right. Let's go on to... Uh, you want to go on to our last subject? Yes. Well, do we want to do right. the, the Thor spoiler email and then... Let's uh, do that at the end. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fine. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a movie called The Black Phone. Yes. Or just maybe Black Phone. The Black um, Phone. And and we'll talk about it, and we're probably going to spoil this, so we will warn you guys before we spoil it, um, and then we'll close the show, um, so you guys know that you know there's nothing left <laughs> afterwards. Um, all right. So, Black Phone. I think that the trailer came out a long time ago. It did. It, the movie was originally supposed to be released in February. 
Yes. Uh, I mean, it was supposed to come out last year, and then it got pushed to February, and then it got pushed to late June 2022. It is based on a short story by Joe Hill, uh, originally in his collection 20th Century Ghosts, which has since been renamed to uh, capitalize on the movie as The Black Phone and Other Stories. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, my buddy Brian Rupert, he, who's here in uh, around Staten Island, he one day he was like, oh, he's like, do you want to go see a movie this week? It's called Black Phone. And I was like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, send me the trailer. And then the next day went by and he's like, oh, did you watch the trailer? And I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to go to the movies with Rupert no matter what it is. I don't care. I'll go I'll go hang out and I love to check out new things. I'm like, I don't even want to watch the trailer. And so we went to the movies um, and throughout the course of the movie, I did kind of feel like I'm like, oh, I think I did watch this trailer a long time ago. Right. Um, but <clears throat> watching the movie, which is it's a horror movie, you know, it loosely revolves around the idea of child abduction in a small town um, and a specific situation going on that's pretty pretty localized. Um, it's kind of a smaller movie. The whole time I was like, I'm loving this. I'm loving the aesthetic. I'm loving the direction. I love the level of mysticism. I love exactly how much they explain stuff. Um, Ethan Hawke is the guy. Yes, he's uh, who's who's one of the main characters. Yes, who he and and you know this is obviously a small production. He also lent his name to The Purge, the first one, right, and killed it in that. Ethan Hawke killed it in this. I thought. Um, the movie was creepy in all the right ways. It was fun in all the right ways. They built the world in all the right ways. And by the end, I was like, this is fucking killer. And I loved it. Yeah, I thought the, uh, you, you used the word aesthetic. I thought that like the feel and the tone and the aesthetic of the movie were amazing. Oh, yeah. um, I thought it did a good job of being faithful to the story, which uh, which I appreciate. And yes. uh yeah, I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I I don't normally love horror movies. Uh, not right. a ton of jump scares, and there no. it just an overall feeling of dread and unease. Uh, direct, it felt like more of a story. Yeah, directed by Scott Derrickson, who did the original Doctor Strange. He did The Exorcism of Emily Rose, uh, oh, Sinister. Uh, co-produced by C. Robert Cargill, who mm. uh, has written a book called Sea of Rust that I really enjoyed. Um, but you know, I, I was going to see it to support Joe Hill so that my signed Joe Hill books appreciate and value. Nice. Just, yes, just strictly right. mercenary on my part. <laughs> yeah. I love, I really, I really, I mean, I'd be surprised if I get to the end of the end of the year and a horror movie comes out that I like more. Same for you. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was great. Can't recommend it enough. And I'd even say if you're not really a horror fan, this is a good movie. Yeah. It's just a good movie. Um, and this is this has a lot of what I love about filmmaking, which is um, establishing your own limitations and living within them and exploring every corner of those limitations. Right. Literally, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Uh, but that was great. But you want to just go into spoiler territory here and we could tell the people who, who don't want to hear it spoiled, they can check out. Let's do it. All right, everybody. We're going to spoil uh, Black Phone. Um, and, uh, I hope you had a fun episode. If you want to ever write in Chuck and Brad at gmail.com or find the email link through Chuck and Brad podcast.com. We appreciate everybody writing in. We're going to get to all the emails. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. If you're around Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, wherever in Northeast, come to the show July 31st live at the comedy connection in East Providence, Rhode Island. It's Jurassic Park, Bradley drawn, but we are opening the show with our buddy Ray Harrington on stage. 
um, to announce something about the future of Chuck and Brad podcast, about the future of Ray's podcast. Big changes afoot, really fun stuff, really positive stuff, and uh, you're going to want to be in the room when we get to celebrate this thing. Um, but, all right, we're going to spoil Black Phone. I, I thought that a, the grit and grain of the movie was like awesome. Yes. I love that kind of stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the, it really builds the way that it feels. Um, the movie is really like, you know, I think we've talked about this before that the original Saw, part of it was a an exercise of writing a whole movie in one room. Right. And this feels like that too. Yeah. Um, essentially, you know, our main character, Finn, is uh, abducted by Ethan Hawke in a, in a crazy mask, uh, mm-hmm. the grabber. And uh, is kept in this basement, and you, you don't know what's coming, but you know it's not good. You know at some point he's going to be murdered by this, you know, by mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke. If and, not worse. Yeah. And uh, and there's an old black phone on the wall that is allegedly out of order and out of commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rings, and when Finn answers, uh, he talks to the spirit of the previous victims of the grabber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we get some cutaways to get their backstories and, and how they got grabbed and uh, mm-hmm. and everything. And so they're all giving him, like, I, I don't want to say hints because it's not like it was a puzzle he had to solve. But they're all giving him, like, different ways to try that they tried to escape or different mm-hmm. things that they did. Yeah. And so he has to kind of assemble all these things yes. to uh, to uh, try and try and escape before he is killed. Meanwhile, yes. his sister uh, has talked about having dreams that mm-hmm. that come true, and this is mm-hmm. the, their unseen mother. I think passed away. Uh, had the same thing, and their father, who is like an abusive alcoholic, uh, is. I think the mom committed suicide. Yeah, because maybe, because, because yeah. she became consumed with these dreams, right? And people were trying to convince them that convince her that she was just crazy, right? And so the the dad, you know, struggled with that, beats the daughter, like say your dreams are just dreams. Don't don't like don't pretend they're true. And uh so the daughter is like having visions and so she's like trying to find her brother. Mm-hmm. And uh so she's trying to connect with these other spirits as well. Uh so that's kind of the paranormal that's going on. And you know, then you just have the the normal that's going on where this kid is trapped and needs to escape. And yes. uh, it is, there's just a feeling of dread. Like, you know, at some point the grabber is going to kill him and you don't want to see it. You know, uh, Tom Savini did the, the masks for oh. Ethan Hawke's character. I think there are six different ones that cover up different. How much did you love those fucking masks? Those were designed so well. Uh, and it's it so cool to have like a simple thing like that yep. make it him so menacing and actually reflect his uh, emotion of every scene. Yeah, it was almost like this maniac murderer. If he was upset, he would go get in a mask that would show that he's upset, right? And he would wear it to show them that. Yeah, so good. And uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it I, I felt tense the entire. And again, I've read the book. I know what happens. Uh, yeah. but I was tense the entire time, you know, like, yeah. uh, like I said, not many jump scares, maybe two. Um, but yeah. I feel like other modern horror movies that have come out recently have not stayed with me. Like they've, they've, they've frightened me in the moment because of the bass rumble or mm-hmm. a jump scare, or, you mm-hmm. know, I've been conditioned to look for certain things in movies. And this, this frightened me in a, in a different way, because again, oh. you have the normal of 
child abduction and this the the paranormal the, the supernatural of these dreams and these uh, communications from beyond the grave so good incredible um i love that i thought they it's funny because do you ever as a as like a writing thing do you ever wonder how far you should go into explaining something that is mystical yeah um and sometimes i think maybe different movies call for different amounts of explanation yeah but this movie to me was perfect in terms of like we're introducing the ghosts we're not giving you anything besides like they can communicate through this phone uh the little girl can see kind of you know different things that have happened or things that are happening whatever um but it was perfect. It felt perfect. Like it had the perfect, almost like The Shining. Yes. Because The Shining has very little explanation. Um, but The Shining is just massaged in so well that it just feels like part of the world in a believable way. And maybe it feels, maybe part of how that feels organic is how quickly you build it and how deeply you go into it and how much there is to it. If it's something fairly simple and you get into it kind of slowly, maybe it feels more natural to the audience. That's probably but true. I loved it. I, I I really enjoyed it. There's a scene too, and it's very small. It's nothing huge, where it just shows the outside of a like a like a convenience store or something or a bar or whatever it was. Um, and they play a song from the Who, and they establish that character yep. that kills the person in the thing, and that was awesome. It felt great. And then at the end, when uh, the brother of Ethan Hawke, which I thought that whole thing was great, that it ends up being his brother is the person who's trying to track down who's doing it. Yep. When he comes downstairs and you're like, oh my God, he's going to save him. Like, what's going to happen? And he kills him. Yeah. I was like, what? That moment is fucking awesome. And then Ethan Hawke falls in the pit. That's like a trap. Right. All of that was so well done. And how how amazing is it? I, I don't know. There's just something about movies that are made minimally that attracts me so much i think that uh your first saw feels like that obviously the first paranormal activity feels like that there's something about mining what you have for um for wealth of story or wealth of storytelling uh even that is just so much fun to me as a writer, I think, and as a director. Um, and this felt like that, where it's like this part of the floor you can dig through and you have this thing, this rug, and how that's how he's going to run the cable up to the window and yep. and all these different things. And how Ethan Hawke is like, that phone doesn't work. You can try whatever you want to do. Um, the two detectives. And it was just so great. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was like, I urged you and Ray to watch it. Um, and I'm glad you guys did. And I'm glad you watched the rehearsal too. Yeah. Um, but just a bunch of, I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, like the Tony Hawk documentary, Rescue Rangers, um, Top Gun Maverick, Black Phone, a lot of unexpected great stuff this year, That's right? True. That's true. Shredder's Revenge even was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was really, I can't, I can't recommend the Black Phone enough. And before we go, let's do this, uh, this email, which I guess we're going to do a double spoiler alert, uh, an email from Nate Hicks is going to spoil some of Thor. So if you haven't seen Thor still and you don't want it spoiled, you might want to check out. Uh, I mean, this is pretty light spoilers, but Nate Hicks writes in, Hey guys, 
Knowing you reviewed Thor this week, I had to grab a ticket and see it first before listening. Couple spoilery questions for you. Did either of you catch that Thor has Nick Fury saved in his phone as Nick Fury? Yes. I did. It was great. Also, as someone who looked at zero rumors or spoilers going in, was I the only one who thought Thor would triumph in the fight and have Eternity save Jane? I do agree with Chuck that they could have thrown in five to ten minutes of Gore's destruction. At just 210, it's not like it was too long already. Overall, though, I think the pacing was great. The soundtrack was killer, and it was a fun addition to the MCU. Regards, Nate Hicks. Yeah, I agree. I think the pacing was really good. I think the soundtrack uh, was awesome. Um, I think it was super fun. Um, but yeah, I do wish we got a little bit more of you know the things we talked about in the episode, which were building up Natalie Portman, maybe in a previous movie even. Um, and maybe this is the conclusion of her story. Um, and I, I would love more of Gore's destruction too. Yeah. And like I said, to separate the silly from the serious. Um, at the end, did I, was I the only one who thought Thor would triumph in the fight and have Eternity save Jane? I didn't know what was going to happen, but I didn't think she was going to die. Did you think she was going to die? Uh, no, because it's uh, the MCU and, uh, you know, people don't die. Yeah, that's right. Or if so they do, you can I, bring them back in a multiverse, you know. <laughs> yes, right. Or heaven. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, or one of the multiple afterlives they've established uh, <laughs> in the MCU. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but man, wow, a lot of great emails. Yeah, Which, I, that we, was we great. have smart and great listeners. The Chubies, we really, man, really as do. A whole. I love the love the Chubes. Love people that have uh, hooked onto the podcast. Um, a lot of great fun stuff coming up. I think big stuff coming up that people are really going to appreciate. Um, and yeah, I love you guys. Keep writing in Chuck and Brad at gmail um, but yeah, buddy, that's all I got. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. We uh, we sincerely appreciate it. That's all I've got. That's all I got. I'll say it again. Deuces. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, is this the end? You never thought you'd give in, but hope is so far gone. But if you tell yourself. This is the end How can failure satisfy you? I know them now.
Keep 